0: Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If this is your first episode, Faye and I are two rocket scientists mm-hmm. with several degrees in physics. Ghosts! And bio and once a month we answer all of your existential... Faye and I are two gutsy gumshoes, dead set on unveiling the mysterious workings of the darkest of mysterious mysteries and striking terror into the hearts of the city's ne'er-do-wells.
1: Faye and I are death-obsessed and death-anxious slabs of human meat. I mean, I am. I'm pretty sure you're a demon masquerading in a human skin suit, so (laughs) technically you're a slab of demon meat. Is it getting hot in here? (laughs) Shh, they can hear us. Uh, join us completely normal humans as we attempt to unravel the complex... Boundless and unknowable mysteries hidden within the dance of life and death that all uh, mortal life forms experience. But only like mm, once a month and for not much more than 75 minutes taps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once we edit it down from three hours of recording, count yourselves lucky. Yeah, conservative estimate on the three hours. <laughs> If you were at the Swamp Meet on September 4th, we hope you enjoyed finding out that you will die of paper cuts or tripping over a bird or starving to death in a brunch line. We met so many amazing folks. It was a total blast and we're thrilled to death to have you here with us. Yay. Woo! Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Too much. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Reel it in, sister. All right, on to today's topic death. Wait, no, life. Yeah, well, actually, wait. it's a handy reference guide for how to live as long as possible before dying. What? As with many research rabbit holes, this one started with a TED Talk. My Australian friend just mentioned going down the TED Talk rabbit hole, and it's no joke.
1: It's especially no joke in Australia because everything there is scary and poisonous.
0: Yeah. Dude, I had this conversation about terrifying Australian creatures a couple of days ago with a total stranger. hmm I have a friend in Australia. Hey,
1: Emma. And I should probably ask her, but I'm it... kind of scared. <laughs> they probably don't even go down rabbit holes there. They probably go down giant scorpion holes or something. <clears throat> Venomous oh. ground-dwelling bird holes Mm-mm. or even, like, you think it's a rabbit hole, but once you go down it, you realize that it's just a giant mouth. No! There's some giant creepy animal living under the ground, and it's so big that it just ate you, and you didn't even realize it until now. Like, a tremor. Was tremor set in Australia? It should have been. No, that was in Nevada or something, right? Oh, right. Um, Perfection, Nevada. Uh. They should have filmed it in Australia to make it more believable. I only maybe 50% believe that there could be tremors living under the ground right now, but if they had filmed it in Australia, 100%. Moving that dial. Oof. So, Faye? Yes? How old would you like to be when you die? How old? That's a freaky question. Older than today if you're planning something. Yes. (laughs) I guess it depends on how soon I end up really crotchety and busted. Mm. I mean, I'm already pretty crotchety now, so... mm. I guess I'd like to live long enough to buy and decorate an opulent, haunted manor, so at the rate I'm going, I guess I'd need to die at like a thousand. Okay.
0: Uh, it doesn't really strike me as the most realistic response, but um, (laughs) I guess you're entitled to your opinion. You asked, sister. (laughs) I, I did. That's accurate. All right, let me rephrase. How old do you think the oldest person on record
1: who ever lived was when they died? A thousand. Okay. Are you answering in dog years? I'm answering in vampire years, obviously, which, yes, was a total joke. Mm. (laughs) There's no such thing as vampires, you silly mortals. (laughs) Okay. Just going to skip right on past that weird response.
0: Uh, If you had all of the years between now and when you turn a thousand, the death years left to live, Mm -hmm. how would you spend them? This is giving me anxiety. Probably (sighs) eating little cakes. Okay. Counter question. What if the little cakes shortened your lifespan? (laughs) (laughs) I quit. (laughs) Oh. Well, thanks for waiting until we started to quit, at
1: least. What if the little cakes... Lengthened my lifespan oh. because they relieved stress and made me happy. Can that be a thing? Well, keep listening for the answer
0: to that question and many more <laughs> in this episode on longevity.
1: <laughs> if you ruin little cakes for me, so help me.
0: Now, what do you think the factors are that people who live longest
1: have in common? They sold their soul to the devil at a crossroads at midnight.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: I wonder if you think that leaves like a really high number of centenarians or lower? <laughs> <laughs> Higher. Well, but they're all politicians. Except me. Uh, I just did it to learn guitar. Oh, that's a pretty high price. Are you an expert guitar player now? I guess it could be if I tried. I kind of decided after that it wasn't really for me. You know, the soul is just mm. like a sunk cost at this point. Sure. Okay, let's see. Uh, I'm guessing the people who live the longest get lots of good rest and mm-hmm. maybe they stay out of the direct sun or something and human blood. Uh, like, um, they have human blood? N- no, they do drink it Ugh. so you know they get lots of nutrient-dense uh, calories
0: no I, it sounds like you're talking about vampires again there's no such thing as vampires uh, okay um yeah <coughs> let's just move on from there mm-hmm. what do you think the factors are that mortals mm-hmm.
1: who live longest have in common mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay I think they probably, like, all live in Japan, so I'm screwed. Mm. Also, they probably eat only, like, spinach and Brussels sprouts all the time and Mm. uh, have solid genetics, and, like, maybe they jog or do tai chi or something. Okay. How close am I? Do I win the trip to Tahiti or the washer-dryer set? How about this fabulous jet ski? Although longevity has been studied scientifically
0: for well over a century, the topic of human lifespan, quantified by the maximum reported age at death, also known as MRAD. Uh, This sounds like math. It's it's not math. Okay. Don't worry about it. Or it is, but you don't have to do it. (laughs) The topic of human lifespan, MRAD, has been intensively investigated only since the 1990s, since the Little Mermaid was a thing. (laughs) It was in 1997 that the Lifespan record was set by Jean Calment of France. Jean Calment of France was 122 years and 164
1: days old. I mean, it's no thousand years old, but that's impressive.
0: Yes. It's worth mentioning here that the person is the oldest on record. So according to an article from Demographic Research, which, you know, is on my coffee table right now, not, Uh, despite substantial research before 2010, statistical analyses of supercentenarians, those who live to at least the age of 110, were plagued by age attainment bias, which is defined as the tendency of advanced age people to exaggerate or
1: round up their age. Do you know what this means? <laughs> uh is that people claiming to be older than they really are? So you think they're super successful at life? Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of people who are like 65 but say they're forty one. Yeah. Which is gonna be me, but just because I can never remember how old I am. So if the number would just stop changing, I could memorize it.
0: Yeah. Yes. To answer your question, yes. Ha ha. It means old people are liars. I'm right. Just
1: oh, that's <laughs> harsh. (laughs) (laughs) They're all liars. If you're old and you're listening, you're a liar. You're a liar. How How dare you? (laughs) Why would you do that
0: to us? (laughs) Just because they've got pockets full of Werthers. Mm, Werthers. (laughs) Worthers, And their skin is all soft and squishy like a comfy little beanbag
1: chair. (laughs) Oh, I don't want squishy. Skin.
0: Well, it is. I'm telling you, I've touched a lot of them.
1: Uh, <laughs> For research purposes. Uh-huh. I hope you've touched them in ways that were consensual. Of course. <laughs> I'm just imagining you in the park sneaking up on some unsuspecting little old person sitting on a bench, just enjoying their day, <laughs> when here you come mm-hmm. slowly sliding from the other end of the bench closer <sighs> And closer until you're sidled right up next to them. And then here comes your finger, slowly poking them in the cheek over and over, going, So soft, so comfy, would make a good beanbag chair.
0: <laughs>
1: until they call 911 on you. Mm. Shades a Buffalo Bill. Over no! There. What did we
0: talk about? No serial killers! <sighs> okay, fine. But we're gonna lose half of our male listeners. Oh. I'm going to listen to this when I'm 70 and be like, what an asshole.
1: I'm
0: oh. just kidding. I'll be dead. Anyway, just <laughs> because <laughs> I'm saying just because they seem harmless doesn't mean you should start snuggling up to them all. Tell me about the good old days. No, if they're lying about their age, surely they are lying about 100% of every other subject
1: they want to talk to you about. Uh, like my ex-boyfriend. Don't trust them as
0: far as you can throw them. I don't know if I could lift one, let alone throw one. Mm. Well, I don't recommend you attempting to throw them. They can mm. be very fragile, and you can't afford the insurance payments, frankly. I'm glad you said that, because I haven't tried to throw one yet, and I was wondering about that part. Yeah. Well, the point of this indictment of untrustworthy old people is to say that it was hard taking them at their word regarding their age up until pretty recently.
1: Because they are lying liars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The 122 years and 164 days record is impressive, and it's well-documented, although Ooh. there is a Smithsonian article that suggests that she may have only lived to the age of 99 <gasps> in 1997. Lies! And the person claiming to be Jean Carmont was none other than her daughter. <gasps>
1: Lies. Why would her daughter pretend to be her own mother? Why does anyone do anything weird? Maybe she's just a fing weirdo. I'm past the point of thinking there is rhyme or reason to half the s people do anymore. Oh, uh good answer, but
0: the correct one was to avoid inheritance taxes, of course. Oh smart. No, don't. don't encourage people to commit tax. <laughs>
1: we didn't tell you to do.
0: Wink we do
1: it it's pretty smart So we didn't tell you to do
0: it didn't hear it from us and we'll burn every copy of this podcast if you try to prove otherwise okay well either way i'll save you the trouble of reading the article and tell you that the author did find the research that jeanne was actually her own daughter to be largely circumstantial all right so good news it likely was the real jeanne that lived to be 102 and a half yeah
1: you would think that if her visual appearance suddenly jumped back in time 20 years or so, that somebody would notice? Uh, ever heard of makeup? <laughs> um, I have in episode three, five, two, five, one. Five. It was five. And they would have to hide the mother's body if she was secretly dead. Secretly dead. And then account for the suddenly missing daughter's whereabouts, which I love this idea, because what an elaborate plan to pull off. But Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't think they could have gotten away with it, really. Well, now I'm less impressed with the daughter, but more impressed with the mother, so it balances out, I guess.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Now getting back to the TED talk that I mentioned earlier, Julianne Holt... Lundstad? Sure. Mm. A researcher at Brigham Young University studied tens of thousands of middle-aged people, and she looked at every aspect of their lifestyle. Their diet, their exercise, their marital status, how often they went to the doctor, whether they smoked or drank, et cetera. She recorded all of this, and then she and her colleagues waited for seven years to see who was left on the old shuffleboard court. Is that a thing old people still do, or is it like... Young people where they have to come up with new hobbies to confuse their friends and fill them with FOMO when they aren't
1: also familiar with the new hobbies. I don't know about everyone else, but I just like anachronistic hobbies. Mm. You can wear a long flowy skirt and drink tea while you're playing croquet or shuffleboard, but there's nothing fashionably quaint about skydiving or whatever kids do for thrills these days. If I can't have a nice little cup of tea while I'm participating in a sport... I'm not doing it.
0: Yeah, that's what makes a sport a sport, I think. Exactly. <laughs> the most sporting thing involved. Fair point. That's always my first question when considering whether or not to partake in a new hobby. Uh, may I sip tea while participating? hmm No? Well, then stuff it, skydiver. Yeah. If I didn't know any better, I'd say you were trying to suck the life out of people, not reinvigorate them with a novel way to get some kicks false accusations. I want my attorney present. No, what? No, 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 no. The skydiver, not you.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I thought you blew my cover for a sec. And of all the people left standing after seven years at this Brigham Young University research study. So looking at the data in her summary, when going from the least powerful predictors up to the strongest, all right, at the bottom of the list, we've got clean air. It's great but it doesn't actually
1: predict how long you're going to live. Oh, good. I've been binging It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and Charlie's making huffing paint look really fun.
0: Whoa, she's just kidding there. Don't huff paint, kids. There's that whole actually killing brain cells component, which always made it quite unappealing to yours truly. Uh, they don't grow back, folks. Oh. Whether you have hypertension treated is good, but still not a strong predictor of how long you're going to live. Whether you're lean or overweight... Guess what? You can stop feeling guilty about this because it's only in third place. How much exercise you get is next. Still only a moderate predictor. Yes. Whether you've had a cardiac event and you're in rehab and exercising. Okay, this is getting up into the strongest predictors now.
1: Wait, I'm supposed to have had a cardiac event and be in rehab?
0: Yeah, make sure you have a cardiac event by the age of 40. Well, that's f***ed up. <laughs> 45. No. Whether you've had a flu vaccine. So the TED Talk presenter noted that the flu vaccine made it higher on the list than doing exercise, which is pretty (gasps) mind-blowing.
1: God damn Am I going to have to get flu shots now? I never get them anymore because I always have a week-long reaction to them where I just feel like a pile of poo. Ew. But (laughs) if it will make me immortal, I'll have to rethink my approach. I guess that makes sense. Actually, the last time I got one, the pharmacist said that each year you get when you make new antibodies. Oh. And so, after a lifetime of getting the shots, mm. you have just a ton of different antibodies for all these different strains. And so, you have to worry about it when you're old. But by then, you've like built up all this good in your blood. So, damn it. Now I'm thinking about it like I'll be protecting 90 year old me if I get the shots now. Because 90 year old me is going to be frills. F- yeah. Ugh. 90-year-old you is going to thank now-age you for
0: mm-hmm. making the podcast that literally <laughs> became a lifesaver. <laughs> Not that I've been known to be grandiose. Sure. Anyway, let's get back to the longevity predictors. Continuing mm-hmm. with the moderately strong ones to the strongest. Right. Whether you were drinking and quit, or whether you're a moderate drinker, I don't know seems a little ambiguous
1: there.
0: I don't understand. Moving on. (laughs) Whether you don't smoke or if you did, whether you quit. And getting towards the top predictors are both features of your social life. First, close relationships. These are the people that you can call on for a loan if you need money suddenly or who will take (laughs) you to the hospital because you took out a loan and then you couldn't pay it back. (laughs) (laughs) Or it will sit with you if you're having an existential crisis, if you're in despair. Those people, that little clutch of people, are a strong predictor, if you have them, of how long you'll
1: live. Yeah, because if you bash yourself up and need a ride to the hospital and everyone in the room is like, "Uh, we're not that close. Uh...
0: (laughs) And then there's this other fairly surprising indicator, which is called social integration. So this means how much you interact with people
1: as you move through your day. How many people do you talk to? And are they serial killers? That's probably at the top of the list, but nobody talks about it. Like, don't be a casual acquaintance of a bunch of serial killers. Aw, you say that like it's a bad thing. (laughs) It is a bad thing. Uh, Okay, I was wondering about you for a second. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay
0: this is uh referring to both your weak and strong bonds so not just the people you're really close to who mean a lot to you but like do you talk to the guy every day who makes your coffee at the
1: yeah because he might be a serial killer but if you're nice oh. and tip him he might let you live or you might end
0: up like Anne rule and write a hit novel based on your befriending him Hmm.
1: So then you make a bunch of money, and you can buy healthier food to keep you alive longer. Sure. Like human blood. Ew.
0: <laughs> anyway. Do you talk to the postman? Great segue. Do you talk to the woman who walks by your house every day with her dog?
1: No, she's a serial killer for sure. Don't you have a dog? Aren't you a woman with a... Shh.
0: <laughs> do, you, do you play bridge or poker have a book club hell no those interactions are one of the strongest predictors of how long you'll live uh, uh... yeah this is kind of upsetting as it really brings the hammer down on my plan of living in a dank and moldering stony outcrapping <laughs> by the edge of a stagnant lake Shrouded in
1: mystery and the smells of death and decay. Mm, Well, as long as it's situated by a crumbling stone tower encircled by a pit of black vipers in the middle of a haunted wood. I'll keep you company and we can have a book club loophole. Oh my
0: God. Do we need to make a blood pact right now? I feel like you're (laughs) definitely good for it without one.
1: My blood doesn't bind me to follow through on pacts. It's part of the whole vampiric entity thing, but I'm good for it. I don't have a whole lot going on right now. Okay, I'm
0: fine with taking this recording as a binding contract. Mm -hmm. J-Dog, you're our (laughs) engineer-slash-editor-slash-moral-compass-slash-censorer. Do you mind acting as our lawyer, too, while you're at it?
1: My lawyer advised against it.
0: Great. That all counts as legally <laughs> binding in my human skin bound lawyering book.
1: Bound in the skin of lawyers. Oh,
0: uh, gross. <laughs> allegedly bound in human skin. <laughs> Could be pleather. Sorry, vegans. We'll get back to you later. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not the most social extroverted person, I dug around and I did some more research trying to find out some way
1: to get around this highly inconvenient social integration Mm -hmm. factor. What if you just have lots of ghosts in your house? Does that count? (gasps) I collect Ouija boards and I can make that happen. Another loophole! I call it a Blanchette hole.
0: (laughs) 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 Hmm. Uh, so, I went to a library recently, and I don't know if librarians were fully excited to get back to work or like talk to people in person again or whatever, but the librarian I encountered while looking for books for this episode was very eager to help me.
1: There you go. You conversed with a human. Oh. Mission accomplished. Yes.
0: Go me mm-hmm. and go librarians. Mm-hmm. I'm taking this minute to shout out librarians because they don't get a lot of acknowledgement, but man, are they great to have around.
1: They're in Portland. I think they get a lot of acknowledgement. <laughs> They're
0: better because they deserve it. Every last bit of it. <laughs> I had to resort to doing research for our earlier episodes on the internet. Uh, Can you believe it? Uh, Do you know what kind of piss and vinegar is on the internet these uh, days? Shh.
1: We're the piss and vinegar on the internet these days. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Well, I meant more like um every website that you think has a thing you want or like useful reviews for stuff is really just a shell of a website created specifically for capturing
1: affiliate link money. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I tried searching for human blood on the internet Ooh. the other day and it was a nightmare.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh anyway, Mm, The internet without net neutrality is not great for research, was
1: my point. Uh, I forgot what it was like in that little window where we could search for stuff and not just get a bunch of targeted ad trash.
0: (gasps) (gasps) Yeah. So, yeah, I'm leaving it to librarians from now on. Thanks, librarians. The librarian in question found me some books on longevity, and imagine my shock and surprise when I only got like 20 pages into one of them and already had all the answers to how to live longer than anyone else ever. In the Mm -hmm. age of clickbait, can you imagine reading a tiny fraction of a thing just to have the reason you started reading it spelled out for you immediately? And it's the most satisfying attainable answer on
1: top of it. Nope. I can't even look up a recipe on how to boil an egg without reading six chapters about someone's grandma and how she made the best eggs. Mm -hmm. I just stopped cooking eventually, because every time it happens, it takes a year off my lifespan. As it turns out, there are places in the world with high concentrations of hundred-year-olds
0: and clusters of people who reached old age without conditions like heart problems, obesity, cancer, or diabetes.
1: Not in America, I'm
0: guessing. Well, we'll answer that question shortly, dear Faye. These areas are known as blue zones. What does the blue signify? Uh, apparently someone just, like, circled those places on a map once in
1: (laughs) blue ink. Uh, you're welcome. Okay, that's disappointing. Was one of them Japan? One of them was Okinawa, Japan! I
0: knew it! You did. Called it up at the top at the beginning of this legally binding episode. The others were Icaria, Greece, Sardinia, Italy, the Nicoya Peninsula of Costa Rica, and if you can even f***ing believe this, f***ing <laughs> s***, L-
1: Loma Linda, California. Wait, America? Someone's messing with those numbers. Hold on. Okay, I had to look that one up, and then it made more sense. There are, like, 12 top-notch old folks' homes and a top-of-the-line hospital in the Melinda, which is less than eight square miles. And it's home to one of the largest concentrations of Seventh-day Adventists in the world who eat almost entirely vegetarian, unprocessed diets, don't drink alcohol or caffeine, and have mm. all kinds of other practices that support good health. Aha! Shelve that for later, because most of those things
0: are advisable for someone wanting to live a long, healthy life. And one of those is inaccurately vilified.
1: Oh, which one? Wait, we're back to ruining little cakes for me, aren't we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I never said this episode would change your life for the better. I said it could be a lifesaver. Now, quality of life is
1: a whole nother topic, sister. You cannot have your cake and eat it, too. Fine. I am content to eat the cake, but not have the cake and live forever. Wait, are you saying halve, like you won't cut the cake in half?
0: (gasps) Loophole! (laughs) (laughs) According to the book The Blue Zone's Solution, the following are the nine facets of life that old-ass people... (laughs) living in these blue
1: zones shared okay wait 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 okay i've got a box of tissues ready so i can cry about how i'm doing everything wrong and die tomorrow perfect you are amply prepared (laughs) if you don't have a box of tissues
0: go ahead and pause this and then we'll get right back into it you've unpaused it okay here we go moving naturally According to multiple resources, you don't have to bench-press the weight of your grandpappy to get health benefits from exercise.
1: Well, that's a blessing. I don't even know where he's buried. Oh! Dark humor, folks. We have it. We're just, you know, here to be vulnerable with you to hold space for folks to heal from loss and Mm. hold a candle to those dark corners of the mind where fear and anxiety about the unknown dwell. Mm. And also we're here to just make, like, really unforgivably crude or just plain bad jokes about all of that. Yeah, that's pretty much the show in a nutshell
0: there. Yeah. Speaking of nuts, we'll get back to those (laughs) later. Spoiler alert. I heard you talking about me. (laughs) Olympic athletes, presumably some of the world's healthiest individuals, experience mortality similar to the world population at large. Hmm. So you don't have to exercise intensely, but you can find other excuses to say, walk a little bit instead of driving, take the stairs instead of the elevator, blah, blah, blah. You know what this is by now. I think I'm doing pretty good on this one. (laughs) I got, I got the smartwatch thingy and it basically changed my life. The whole gamifying moving thing works like a charm. i've seen you waving your arms around. i just i just thrash until it makes the little meter go up and then i call it motherfucking good and i live forever <laughs> basically the idea here is that every time you need to go somewhere it's
1: an excuse to walk or i'm gonna go ahead and this bike well shit. my knees are a thousand years old every other week so walking is not great for me
0: A thousand years old every other week. Oh. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And then the other weeks. Then there's like sort of all right. 900 years old. But then the next one, thousand years old. Mm. So I'll be over here pondering loopholes, but maybe I'll have better luck with the next one. What's number two? What's the next one? Okay. Number two. Purpose. Not
0: to be Mm. confused with porpoise. (laughs) Mm. In both the Nicoyan Peninsula of Costa Rica and Okinawa, Japan, they have a saying that translates to, why I wake up in the morning. So what this means is you have to have a sense of purpose, and that sense of purpose comes, to the dismay of many Americans, no doubt, beyond work. Hmm. I saw something recently about how your job isn't going to go to your funeral, and I was like, damn man. That's cold. Hmm,
1: unless you're a florist. Or if you're the dude that makes coffins. Oh, I can't Mm -hmm. help but notice your fixation on loopholes in this episode. (laughs) I'm just not going to stop eating snacks, is all I'm saying. When I wake up in the morning, it's the first thing I think of. Yes, I'm awake. Now I can drink more tea and eat little pastries. Wait, so maybe tea is my sense of purpose.
0: Well, maybe it is.
1: Loophole.
0: Finding your sense of purpose doesn't have to be through your career Aha! or tea, what? if that's not your thing, just <laughs> for other people, it not It has us. to be tea. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it can be found in your hobbies, the volunteer organizations to which you donate your time, the garden in your backyard, hobbies. Yep. Got a couple of those. You're actually listening to one right now, so <laughs> feeling better about this. But we spend all this time competing and investing time and energy into our jobs sometimes to the detriment of our family and social lives, and for what? Hmm. Uh, Something about being able to put a
1: roof over our heads. What a waste! I like the roof over my head, though. It's covered in moss. Oh. And it keeps the sun out so I don't burst into flames. Mm -hmm. You know, starting to get a little suspicious about this vampire thing. (laughs) Never really taking a good look at your teeth. Or your drinking habits. Oh, I had braces when I was younger, so they look normal now. And we prefer the term vampiric entity, if you don't mind. Vampires are played out. Mm. Well, I don't have a great solution in eating a
0: roof over your head. You gotta work to afford necessities. I guess my advice is just get the best paying least stressful job you can because guess what else is on this list mm. yeah don't let your job take over your life man if you even have the f***ing option because wages in this country
1: are a joke Mm-hmm. this is all sounding like a lost cause for our generation of americans i blame reagan i blame reagan too <laughs> I guess the upside is I can eat all the little cakes I want because I don't have much to lose. Oh, there you go. Eating little cakes gives my life a sense of purpose. All right.
0: Well, we got that one covered. It's a bummer. So, <laughs> all right. On to uh, principle number three. Slow down. You can't make me. Please? <laughs> I use the magic word. Take time for yourself. In other words, we've arrived at the familiar stress-will-kill-you moral of the story. Stress causes chronic inflammation, which is associated with all major age-related diseases.
1: Uh, I'm doomed.
0: Yeah. If that stresses you out as much as it does me, hey, uh, let's hang out and die comparatively young together, I guess, because apparently mm-hmm. people with panic disorder are and just flat-out on this one. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. religious types in the california blue zone pray nope don't worry there's there's other options okay phew the Greek Blue Zoners nap. Now you're talking. And people in Blue Zone Japan take time every day to remember their ancestors. Oh, I like that one. It's so wholesome. Yeah. And then in Sardinia, they have happy hour. Wait,
1: that's one of the
0: options? <laughs> um, yeah, I was pretty surprised that one too. <laughs> okay. We'll get back to that later. People in Blue Zones also, and this is, we're on to number four now, mind the 80% rule. All right, I'm not going to sugarcoat this one, folks. The 80% rule sucks. Mm. It sucks. There's a 2,500-year-old Confucian mantra that the Japanese blues owners use before meals, which I'm about to pronounce as it is spelled. So, harahachi, Boo. Boo? Ah, a ghost! Or maybe it's... (laughs) (laughs) Boo... This mantra is a reminder for them to stop eating when their stomachs are full.
1: Oh, okay. So it's maybe pronounced like the sound you make when you ate too much? Mm. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah. I worry how this information is going to affect my friends who are still struggling through an eating disorder. Hmm. Because it's not an excuse to stop eating. Okay, your loving death party friends want you to eat.
1: Don't drive your car without gas and don't haunt your body without calories. Wait. don't <laughs> drive your car without gas unless it's electric. ah then do yeah drive it without gas, but mm. still eat but
0: yes uh... strong moral to that story <laughs> well done. It's more of an indictment against something that I think we Americans are all too guilty of overeating mm. now. There's actually a part in the book where they're like, hey, listen, do you overeat? Do you eat the wrong things? Guess what? It's not your fault. It's because American societies or like, you know, small towns, whatever, are set up. Basically, the deck is stacked against you. So when there's a fast food joint on every corner and there's no healthy meal options, what are you going to do? Eat the wrong food, shorten your life by half, whatever. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I did like that part of the book. But yeah, many of our towns and cities are not set up like blue zones are, and they have fast food joints on every corner, Right, which I just said, but here's another option. (laughs) Some of them completely lacking in healthy fast food restaurants, unlike in Portland, where we have vegan fast food restaurants. Mm -hmm. The 80% rule says stop eating when you're 80% full, so don't keep going until you're uncomfortable. And then also part of it is to make more of your own meals, even if that means learning how to make a handful of meals and just, you know, making them repeatedly. Hmm. One study found the caloric intakes of people who ate out wound up averaging 275 calories more per day than people who ate at home.
1: Yeah, because it's way more yummy so you eat more.
0: <laughs> yeah, well they do also like put addictive stuff in the food so that you want more of it. Right. And,
1: like fat and calories. Yeah, but also when I cook, it's just not good. If you're not good at cooking,
0: that's a real kick in the old teeth, (laughs) as far as this one goes. So
1: if you eat out a lot, stop it.
0: Stop it. No. Just stop. You can't make me. (laughs) Making food at home not only tends to result in healthier meals consumed, but it actually burns calories, too. Sounds ridiculous, right? (sighs) But wait. Remember. These hundred-year-old people are not marathon runners or powerlifters. They don't schedule 90 minutes of spinning classes into their days, nay. They get a little bit of exercise here and there, like raking the leaves instead of leaf blowing, which burns calories as well as saves money that would have been spent on gasoline, as well as reduces air pollution, as well as keeps your neighbors from daydreaming about all the different ways to murder you because you keep waking them up before 8
1: a.m. on a motherf***er saturday morning you (laughs) vile inconsiderate yeah those things are pretty terrible to listen to and those guys are doing manual labor so they will torment us with the sounds of leaf blowing into their hundreds (laughs) (laughs) anyway the part that i especially
0: hate about the 80 percent rule is that apparently those goody two-shoes in the blue zones eat their smallest meal by early evening and then they stop
1: eating until the following f-ing day. Oh, hell no. I eat ramen at midnight like a f-ing gremlin and nobody's going to stop me. Yeah, the only way this could work for me is if I go to sleep
0: like two hours after eating that last meal. Yeah. Some of them eat breakfast as their biggest meal. My food habits are the complete f-ing opposite of these long-living motherfuckers, mm. and I am over the moon incensed, which means my stress levels are up, which <laughs> means I'm causing chronic inflammation. No. Uh, what What if everyone who took this book out from the library died within like four years okay bye what if we researched the book sales for this book which is obviously a tool of malicious forces bent on creating chaos and upheaval in this our mortal coil and in fact everyone who reads it gets a spike in their cortisol levels and dies of one of those major age-related diseases that
1: would make more sense to me actually than any of this what if it's, like, The
0: Ring, but, you know, <laughs> Don't mention that f-
1: movie! <laughs> uh, that stupid piece of sh- movie. It took eight years off of my lifespan. Oh. You want to know how to live a long life? Don't go see that movie, oh. and don't talk about it around <laughs> me, or I'll shorten your lifespan.
0: <laughs> Skipping ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> on to number five. Okay, and surely if you can only eat... Until you're 80% full, then restricting your food intake at least has the trade off of getting to eat whatever you want, right? Right? I'm not falling <laughs> right? for that one. Wrong. Yep. Okay, excuse me. Unless you freaking like beans and s. Sh-
1: yeah, and you better like both because the former will precipitate the latter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because guess what? Blue zoners mostly eat motherfucking legumes. Ew. All right, vegans. Go ahead and assume an erect posture on your high horses because you win this round. Meat is only ever eaten slightly more than once a week. And for the number of times it's eaten multiplied by the portion size. That's right. I did some math. We're talking about (laughs) 20 ounces per month. That's like the size of a petite steak at a diet restaurant in Texas. Hmm. Just kidding, y'all. Diet restaurants aren't a thing in Texas. 20 ounces of meat you'd have to order that off the kids menu in Texas they'd have to cut your steak off from someone else's steak who sent it back because it was too rare or something you can scrape a 20 ounce steak off of your shoe if you walk past a barbecue joint in Texas I heard they rain from the sky and that's just a sprinkling imagine what a Texas downpour is like the size
1: of those steaks (sighs) okay I've talked a lot about steaks here Well, mm, this is going to be tough. I don't often see steak on kids' menus, but maybe somewhere around here has that option. Then, I can get around having my life cut short while still eating all the meat I want, because according to the rules, mm. it doesn't count if it's off the kids' menu. Uh, ta No, that's not really how that's... No backsies! This podcast is a binding contract. I get to eat kids' steaks and live forever. <laughs> mm, Kid steaks. Wait. I feel like I'm not 100% clear on how this works. Ah, clearly. So is it steaks made for children or out of children? okay. Listen, uh, Mm.
0: this one doesn't actually worry too much because I have drastically reduced my meat intake slowly over the years.
1: La-di-da. I'm going to switch to
0: eating child steaks. So Mm. there. You might be alone in that one. (laughs) At least between the two of us can't speak for everyone yeah I tried being vegetarian for like three years and it didn't really work out for me but I was used to having meat with most of my meals at one point and now I'm mindful of not having it more than one meal a day and a lot of the time I don't even have it every day so if we're eating in line with the blue zones guidelines we got to eat meat no more than twice a week (sighs) So bust out those falafel recipes, folks. The blender does all the work. It's not really that much effort, but bad news for vegans. A study of 96,000 Americans found that pescatarians lived longer than vegans or meat eaters. So just make sure to eat fish that isn't high in mercury or PCBs. And it's going to be tiny little fish. And You can't have scavenger fish. And also you can't eat too much fish. And also...
1: (laughs) There's too many rules.
0: I can't keep up with all the rules. Fun. (sighs) So... We've thoroughly established how much the 80% rule sucks. Mm -hmm. So good news for the sixth guideline, which is, what did we talk about? (laughs) Seventh-day adventists don't do that they're actually wrong about. Be a moderate drinker. Again, the keyword is moderate. So spring break binge drinking is not what we're talking about here. Apparently abstaining is not the thing either. Which kind of makes me wonder who's funding this research. Big wine cooler,
1: that's who. I'll drink to that. This can't be true. What the f***? This is the only one I thought I had in the bag. Well, you don't, Missy. Ugh.
0: According to the Blue Zone Solution, moderate drinkers actually live longer than non-drinkers. That's what big wine cooler would have you believe anyway. <laughs> yeah. They actually recommend one to two glasses per day with friends and or food. No. Crying in your absinthe in a darkened Victorian walk-up does not qualify. Spoiled again! <laughs> Saving them
1: all for the weekend and binge drinking your allotment for the week ain't the thing either. There goes my new plan of slamming 16 absinths back-to-back. Yeah, sorry to rain
0: on that parade, but it's kind of unfathomable to me that this one made the cut, but maybe that's because I know so many alcoholics. If you're trying to drink so much that you wind up pickling your organs bad news. That will actually hinder their functionalities, not make them last longer.
1: No. So the phrase, all things in moderation doesn't mean, like, be moderate about all the things you do. Mm. It's more like, you have to do all the things, but moderately. (laughs) (laughs) What if I don't really like alcohol? It gives me a headache the next day. Mm. I hate this episode. Well, um, Hope you're not speaking on behalf of our audience here. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably all vegans who drink moderately and like beans or some shit. I'll be the only one who's spiteful and dead. It's fine. oh All right, let's uh, just forge ahead to number seven. I'm gonna say
0: this one is just a little bit awkward, so I'm just gonna rip that bandage right off. You gotta dump those toxic friends. But
1: all my friends are toxic. It said not to be a loner, so which one is it? I'm not sure whether to be offended or flattered.
0: On a related note, a customer called me the devil a couple of nights ago. <laughs>
1: Amazing. Yeah. Were you like, no, I'm just a lesser demon? Or did you just let them think you were the devil? I mean, what's that line, in Ghostbusters?
0: If someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. To quote the book, research shows that smoking, obesity, happiness, and even loneliness are contagious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, that last one seems like a non sequitur. So, if you find someone who's lonely and then you befriend them, it will make you more lonely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sounds like someone got the definition of loneliness wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ugh! If only they had a dictionary. No, but seriously, I can't wrap my brain around that one, and it's making me sad to think about the possibilities. So let's move on. Well,
1: cut it out, because if happiness is contagious, then I might catch the sads from you, Mm. and then where will we be? (laughs) This is probably the only one on the list that I feel like I'm actually doing good in. If you're a new listener from the Bay Area, California, and you found out about us because you saw one of our little green skull balloon flyers, you have our amazing friends and street team, Tiffany and Denise, to thank. Yay! Yeah. <clears throat> from building masterfully engineered sheet forts to operating heavy machinery and flying planes like Amelia motherfucking Earhart, except for the disappearing part. From saving actual motherfucking lives Mm. to standing on a beach covered in washed up dead sea life and screaming, These are my gifts! (sighs) These ladies have it all and they are the best friends a gal could hope for.
0: Thank you for being a friend. All right. We're doing pretty good on number seven. Now, number eight. Finally, I got one. (laughs) This one is going to sink your way back down again. Um, (laughs) It's community. 258 of the 263 centenarians in these blue zones. So over 98% of them, for anyone who flunked out of advanced algebra. That's just basic math, actually. (laughs) We're part of a... Faith-based community. Loophole! Finally! Uh, Paganism and Satanism are faith-based communities, right? Yes! There's a solid argument there, because the denomination actually wasn't a significant factor in longevity. But the research showed people that went to faith-based services roughly every week had longer lifespans. So... Um, yeah. How's your scorecard doing? Because at this rate, I'm convinced I'm killing over in, like, three years or so.
1: hmm So you're saying that if I finally start my snake cult, that I'll live longer. I mean, oh. we were gonna have some incantations for that anyways, but it's backed up by science? There's hope for me yet. Just as...
0: Small tinkling of hope
1: in an otherwise
0: <laughs> dark and blackened sky. Can't wait for number nine to smash that tiny shred of hope for me. Here we go. Nine is the last one. Mm. Quick recap, right, before we hammer out number nine. Okay. All right. What do 92 to 100-year-olds have in common, and how can you hope to follow in their longevity footsteps? There are nine points. One, move naturally. Two, have a sense of purpose. Three, manage stress. Four, don't eat to the point of fullness at mealtimes and eat the smallest meal by early evening. Five, mother f-ing legumes. Six. <laughs> Six. Drink moderately. Seven. Seven, hang out with other people who follow these tenets and will also live forever. <coughs> Eight, attend regular faith-based services. <coughs> and finally, number nine, this is a major one in terms of it being a lot to f-ing ask and a whole lot of time and energy is spent on this one.
1: Any guesses? <sighs> Probably something horrible, like squirting out babies, which, if that's the case, then this whole thing is a joke, because I know for a fact those things suck vitality like Hoover vacuums. It takes a vampiric entity to know one. Mm. I've also taken steps to never get saddled with one, so if that's where you're going with this, then I guess I'll start building my tomb now. I want to get to enjoy it for a bit before I go anyway.
0: Yeah. Gotta appreciate a woman committed to building her own tomb. That's a keeper there, folks. <laughs> yes. Yes. Faye, my dear, you are correct. Squirting out babies and then taking care of them forever so that they will be beholden to you and take care of you forever when you are too old and frail to do it yourself. Gross. So, uh, emotional manipulation or some call it love or whatever.
1: Either method (laughs) will get you there in the end. Uh, But what if you go through all the trouble to have kids and then they're complete jerks? Well, with any luck, they'll kill you and you won't have to worry (laughs) about it. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so number nine is putting loved ones first. That means living with or near elder relatives and caring for them. Oh, cha-ching. I did that one twice. Good, good. Uh, Committing to a life partner which adds up to three years of life expectancy, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: raising your children lovingly so that they lovingly caretake you as you age. Mm. With love. And always feel free to replace the word love with the term emotionally manipulate, as your personal
1: brand of (laughs) cynicism allows. Oh, yeah. I have one of those generic positivity signs over my sink that says, live, laugh, emotionally manipulate. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Of course, I'm biased as a
0: grown ass childless adult that this step is crucial for longevity. So, yeah, I'm going to be cynical about it. But I do have a centenarian on either side of my family tree. So, I've got the genetic component down.
1: Well, la dee da. Rub it in my face already. My genes are bullshit. So, I don't even have to no. worry about any of this because I'll probably be dead at 60 no matter what I do. That's the spirit. <laughs> Uh, Still, it would be nice, (laughs) even if I am going to die young, to not have disease-riddled years before me. I'm just hoping to keep most of my teeth at this point. (laughs) They can be in a jar on a shelf. I'm not picky. Yeah, Uh, it's important to have goals. gives you a sense of purpose, which is principle (laughs) number two. I wake up every morning thinking, gee, I hope I get to keep some of my teeth in a jar.
0: (laughs) Wow. Such a lofty (laughs) ambition. So if you've been listening to this thinking, but what about me? But what about us? (laughs) I like to do nothing but eat red meat while smoking and socializing online with my toxic friends. Pretty much. (laughs) Good news. Blue zones have been artificially created. Hmm. Yes, one such zone exists in a region in far eastern Finland. The zone had male residents with higher serum cholesterol levels than any other population in the world at the time. Hmm. Blood pressure rates were startlingly high, as was death by heart disease, with men often dying from heart attacks at the age of 40 and 50.
1: There goes all our male (laughs)
0: listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Again. (sighs) A public health awareness campaign was launched that focused on spreading nutritional messages through different channels in the community. Hundreds of newspaper articles were published. 100,000 leaflets were distributed. Hundreds of training seminars were organized for healthcare workers, catering personnel, and the public. Diet was discussed in meetings attended by over 12,000 participants. Local housewives associations organized hundreds of special parties of long life, focusing on cooking and eating healthy food. So, beans again? beans uh squintillions of beans were thrown through open windows into willing participants mouths <laughs> i didn't actually read that anywhere but i think it can be assumed
1: what is with the bean obsession already is this book written by big brother bean is this also some ploy to stabilize overinflated bean stocks oh. uh-huh! bean stocks I didn't even do that one on purpose. Stop it. You're out of control. (laughs) Uh, So,
0: yeah, back to Finland. Special training meetings were organized to change the diet and mass catering at workplaces, schools, hospitals, and restaurants. Smoking cessation models were set up by nurses. And the list goes on. Anywho, so long story less long. That's not a thing that we do. Uh, If a whole region in Finland can change in five years... We can do it too, damn it.
1: Well, that's some organizational skills right there. I don't know that we have our sh- that much together, but it's mm. nice to think someone somewhere does. Oh yeah.
0: Email us if you want to start your own blue zone in your community, and we'll email you back a link to where to buy the book and say, "Hey, good luck with all that.
1: Let <laughs> us know much. when.
0: It, <laughs> let us know when it's done, and we'll come visit. So if at this point you're looking for little bite-sized chunks of wisdom to help you get started on a bluer way of life, nah. I'll just savor my tiny cakes and cut out early. Hmm. <laughs> eh, anyone else that might be. <laughs> (laughs) interested, one simple thing the book suggests is to wear a blue wristband or take a moment before you eat to appreciate the meal before you. So pausing before eating makes the meal a time to enjoy, relax, and release stress. Hmm. And if you go the blue wristband route, research shows that if you maintain a habit for six weeks, there are much better odds that it will turn into a permanent habit. Six weeks! Come on! It's hardly anything. We can do it! Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) don't really like the enthusiasm
1: or lack thereof. Um, I've also heard that getting in the habit of drinking a glass of water before meals helps if your full reflex isn't very strong. Mm -hmm. And that while you're eating, if you notice that you let out a sigh at some point, then that's a sign that your body is content so you can stop eating around there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Also, if you're eating something super gross, like beans, Ugh. then you probably just, you know, don't overeat.
0: Because they're nasty. <laughs> oh, can someone please genetically engineer us a bean that tastes like a cheeseburger with grilled cheese sandwiches instead of buns? <gasps> yes.
1: Oh, my God. Why has nobody done this yet? They would right? be a bajillionaire. Mm-hmm. All right. If someone in a food lab somewhere is listening and wants to run with that one... Please, save us from the dirt poop taste of beans. (laughs) And hey, if you become a bajillionaire in the process, we'll take a very modest cut of that since it was Eritrea's idea after all. And I was like, here when it happened. So Yeah, just get in touch with our lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Chickpeas. Chickpeas are beans, right? Garbanzo beans? Yes. I eat hummus. I'm saved. Oh. Woo! This was not looking good for a while, but maybe I'm sort of in the middle of the scale of dying young. Beans to the rescue! Don't call them beans. Oh, and didn't you say the other day that tea drinkers scored well for this stuff? Yes, antioxidants and s***. If that's the case, I really am going to live to a thousand. If you poked Mm. a little hole in me, I'm pretty sure it would just be tea that would pour out. Ew. (laughs) I'm a little teapot, <laughs> short and full of tea. I am a little teapot. <laughs> Have there been any studies on, like, totally 100% human people mm. who exist hmm. on a diet of tea and the blood of mortals? Uh, I'd be interested in those results. Asking for a friend.
0: Okay. Not really sure why that was so specific. But, um, listen... There's a lot more tips and tricks and pointers and junk in that book, but frankly, you're going to have to read them your damn self because there's only so much mental bandwidth I can take up to synthesize all of this bummer information for you.
1: Yeah, and I don't read, so get depressed <laughs> and hopeless on your own damn time. Uh, or, I don't know, maybe you like beans and you're fine. I don't know your life. Yeah. Also, hey, reading helps
0: you live longer. Maybe I made that up just now. Why don't you read a
1: book and find out? <laughs> You can't make me. That's what podcasts are for. Anyone out there that it's also looking kind of bleak for, email in at deathpartypodcast at gmail dot com and let me know if you want in on my snake cult when I get that started. Mm. I'm not gonna stop eating little cakes, but if we get into some weird religious, shit, maybe things will balance out. <gasps> oh, loophole! What if the
0: cake eating is part of the weekly religious meeting?
1: <gasps> yes, snake. Cake cult! Snake cake cult! Snake cake cult! Snake cake cult! Cakes are not guaranteed to be made out of snakes. Implication of snakes and cakes extending longevity, not legally binding. If you like us, if we haven't traumatized you yet, if you want more of our bizarre dad joke brand of whatever this is, then help us help you get more of what you want by giving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. And tell your friends. If they're as weird as you are, they might like us too. If you want to join our Facebook group to find other weirdos like you, or follow our Facebook page or Instagram, we're on all of those at Death Party Podcast. And we're on Twitter at Death Party Pod, just to be difficult. If you want to email us your amazing idea for an episode, love letters, hate mail, fan art, or your soul. You're not really using it anyway. You can send those to us at deathpartypodcast at gmail.com. Bye! Bye! No, I have to listen because you're telling lies. Alright, I'll (laughs) talk about something you hate. Okay. Beans.
0: beans. beans. <laughs> Remember when we ate those beans and they were delicious?
1: Ew, gross.
0: I'm tuning out. Remember that guy who went by Mr. Bean? That was my first date ever.
1: Date? Yes. With Mr. You Bean? watched? No.
0: <laughs> yes, we went- <laughs> You'd be surprised how responsive he is to email. <laughs> Before email existed.